helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. I want to thank you for being with us on another episode of the Life Transformation Show. It was a pleasure this week hearing from those of you who called to say you enjoyed our last show, The Power of God's Love. That show is now up on our YouTube channel. Our channel can be accessed by searching Elim Counseling Services on YouTube. Today's show is titled, The Five Dangers of Hypocrisy. Jesus spoke about hypocrisy more than any other person in the Bible. We should note, however, that when Jesus spoke of hypocrites, he was not speaking to the outcasts of society or religious people who didn't live up to religious expectations. In fact, Jesus was very gentle with people who failed to live up to religious expectation. For example, we see that he was compassionate and gentle with Peter while telling Peter that he would eventually deny him. He wasn't mad. He did not call Peter a hypocrite. He did not say to Peter, Peter, I have been with you so long, you hypocrite. How is it that you are going to deny me? No, he was gentle and caring with Peter. Likewise, we see that Jesus was very forgiving of the Jewish woman who was caught in the act of adultery. When Jesus used the term hypocrite, it was often directed at the Pharisees, a religious sect who considered themselves morally superior to the common folks of their day and prided themselves as the expert in interpreting what was right and wrong. It was to these people that he directed his harshest comments. For example, we see him telling them in Matthew chapter 23, 27 to 28, saying, Jesus said in that passage, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead man's bones and every kind of impurities. It is interesting that Jesus speaks of their inside, that is, their heart. In Scripture, the heart is the seat of the emotions. So what Jesus was in fact saying is, saying is that something is not right in your emotions. There are impurities. There is something wrong. There is something that is unhealthy, that has not been dealt with. In psychological terms, these Pharisees were hypocrites because they had, they had unresolved internal emotional issues. Jesus was bang on because as psychotherapists, we know that at the root of hypocrisy is fear and low self-esteem. 
You see, hypocrisy is a subconscious psychological maneuver to avoid looking at one's own unresolved emotional issues. Instead, hypocrites put down others or act superior to others to make themselves feel better. As we go through this podcast today, we should bear in mind that hypocrites are often closed off to other parts of themselves and are not consciously aware that they're lying to themselves. They're not evil people. They're just emotionally closed to what is really going on inside. This is a very dangerous emotional state because this means that when you are closed off, when you are unaware of what's going on inside, it is almost impossible for God to reach you and for you to change. Do you know someone like that? Someone who is acting like a hypocrite in your church circles. They sincerely believe that they're doing the work of God. But as you're looking at them and what they're doing to others, you can see the trail of hurt and shame that they're causing others. Maybe you are perplexed as to why they always position themselves as morally superior to you and others in your faith congregation. The real reason is that for these people, their moral superiority becomes a type of medication, a type of medication that makes them feel better about what is lacking in their lives and better about the unresolved emotional hurt from their past. In today's show, The Five Dangers of Hypocrisy, we will be looking at five dangers of hypocrisy and also how to overcome the trap of hypocrisy. So here is the first danger. People who are hypocrites, they display hostility instead of guilt. In other words, these people have something in their lives that they are guilty of, but they are shut off to that guilt, and instead of working on their own flaws, their own mistakes, and coming to God to ask for forgiveness or to ask forgiveness of others, they portray hostility towards others. And the reason for that is subconsciously we dislike the things that we see in others that remind us of our own flaws. There's an example of that in Samuel chapter 12, verse 1 to 7. It's one of the best-known passages of the Old Testament. And it's none other than the story of David and the prophet Nathan. We know the background to this passage where David had committed adultery with Bathsheba, Uriah's wife, and had had Uriah killed by putting him at the front of the battle to cover up the fact that 
Bathsheba was now pregnant for David. And God sent Nathan to speak to David because David had become closed off to what was going on in his heart. There was impurities in David's heart. His heart was not clean, was not right before God. And it's not not surprising that David cried out to God in Psalm 51 to create in me a clean heart, O God. And so this impurity that is in David's heart has caused him to become shut off from the conviction of God. In other words, he was going around as as if it was just business as usual. He had killed a man by putting him at the front of the battle. He had committed adultery, broken one of the Ten Commandments. As a matter of fact, he has broken two of the Ten Commandments in what he did with Bathsheba and Uriah. But David was just going about his duties as being king. And God is looking on and trying to reach David, but could not reach him because he is closed off in his emotions. And God had to to call on the service of Nathan the prophet to go to David. And Nathan came to David with a very interesting approach. He told David of this man who was very unjust and unfair. And he said this man had a whole flock of lambs and he had a visitor coming into town and he needed to put on a party for this visitor. But instead of taking one of the the, the lamb from his flock, he decided to take the pet lamb of one of his neighbors. And this pet lamb grew up with this neighbor as one of his children and and uh, with his children and shared his food and drank from his cup and even slept in his arms. So Nathan is telling this moving story of this pet lamb that is so close to this man and his children. And this man, neighbors, took this man's pet lamb and used this pet lamb for a meal for his visitors. When David heard this story, the Bible tells us in verse 5 of 2 Samuel chapter 12 that David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for the lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. It was then in the narrative that Nathan turned to David and said, David, I have news for you. You are the man who did this terrible thing and showed no pity. And it was then that David's heart opened up and God was finally able to reach him. It was then that he stopped being a hypocrite because you see this first point, hostility versus guilt. David was being hostile and condemning of this man who did this terrible thing. 
But the reason David was being this hostile is because this man's unfairness is touching his conscience and he, he wants no part of it. So instead of looking inward and going to God for forgiveness, he's projecting outwards and going, that man needs to be needs to be disciplined. He will surely have the full wrath of my punishment. The man who did this must die. And not only must he die, but he must pay back four times over. Isn't this a little harsh? Isn't this punishment for this crime of using someone's pet lamb for a stew a little bit too much? But you see, that's exactly what hypocrites do. They are so emotionally in pain because of that thing that they haven't dealt with, that when it is triggered, they they react, they overreact in hostility towards others. So that's the first danger of hypocrisy, his hostility instead of guilt. The second danger is denial instead of acceptance. People who are hypocrites deny that they have any flaws, and they will tell you that they are better than others, that they are not like this person who skips church some Sundays, or they will tell you that they always pay their tithes, they never miss on a single uh, month to pay their tithes, or that they haven't sinned for the last 30 years. And so this kind of denial is that they're denying instead of accepting the fact that they're flawed human beings who have missed the mark on several occasions, if not daily, like the rest of us. So in 1 John 1 verse 8, John tells us that, and I'll read from verse 7, 7 to 9, 1 John. It reads as follows, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. But if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So let's break down this passage and apply it to this denial versus acceptance. So the first part of the passage talks about walking in the light. That is, having a clear understanding of what's going on in your life, a clear understanding of what right and wrong is, not according to your standards, but according to the light of God's words. The Bible tells us that God's words is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. You see, people or hypocrites, they make up their own standards of morality. 
and they might be doing some terrible things, but they they are so in the dark in in their heart that they are not even aware that they are breaking the commandments of God. So Jesus, so so John first talked about walking in the light, and he said, if we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another. In other words, walking in the light makes us a more amicable and peaceful uh, congregation of believers. But when people are in darkness, when they are closed off to parts of themselves, there is conflict and there is a lot of striving to be better than the next person. So John says, if you walk in denial, then you will you are deceiving yourself because we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Live Transformation Show where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic, The Five Dangers of Religious Hypocrisy, with insights from 2 Samuel 12, 1-7. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com or by calling 1-877-204-2914 where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. Back to Michael. So the second step is denial versus acceptance. Hypocrites need to come to this place of acceptance where they accept that they are no better than others, that they have sinned and they fall short of God's glory. The third point in that the first the third point is that hypocrites focus on performance versus substance. And we see a lot of performances in a lot of our congregations today. And there's nothing wrong with having good music or having a good drama pro- production. That's not what I am talking about at all. By performance, I'm talking about people who focus on what they're doing, on their actions, instead of looking at what is in their heart. So on the outside, they may appear to be serving God with vigor and with zeal. But there is really no substance because they go away and they act in ways that shows that they are disobedient to God. Jesus says, why call me Lord, Lord? Why worship me with your lips and not your heart? Why call me Lord, Lord and do not do the things that I command you to do? So in in this third point, performance versus substance, a lot of hypocrites are are majoring on acts of religion, but there is no substance to them. There is no action that shows that they're actually submitting themselves to God's laws and his wills, and his will. So in Amos 5 verse 21, we have this, this, these words. And Amos speaking, prophesying from God says, God God." Through Amos is saying, I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. 
Even though you bring me burnt offering and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will I have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs, I will not listen to the music of your harps. So here we have God saying to Amos, I am not interested in how well you play. I am not interested in how much you give. I am not interested in the kind of sacrifices you make. As a matter of fact, these things are disgusting to me because your heart is not right. So hypocrites tend to focus on this performance-based type of religion instead of having substance to their lives. And the fourth thing that we see with hypocrites is that they have condemnation instead of compassion. We see an example of this in the woman caught in the act of adultery. And say, I'll just read a, a little bit about that passage from John 8, verse 2 to 11. The Bible tells us that at dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him and he sat down to teach them. So just imagine this, it's dawn, it's, it's very early and Jesus sat down to teach and somewhere these Pharisees so early in the morning found a woman caught in the act of adultery. So their, their, their business was to find someone to condemn. The very first thing that they did for that day was to find someone who was doing something wrong to condemn. And they took this woman to Jesus and they started this religious argument as to whether or not Jesus was going to agree with the Mosaic law to stone this woman to death. And the Bible tells us that Jesus uh, stooped down and wrote some things on the ground with his finger and then said, I guess that was the time before you had tablets, right? If it was today, Jesus would probably take out his tablet and, you know, write something on it. But in those days, people used the ground. So Jesus stooped down and he wrote with his finger on the ground and then when he got up, he said to them, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. And the Bible tells us that they went away one by one. A lot of theologians think that Jesus actually wrote out the sins of these men who wanted to stone this woman to death and then turned to them with their sins written in the dirt to say, here you are, here are your sins. If you are not guilty of these things that I have written here on the ground, then go ahead and condemn this woman to death. So here we have these religious men that at dawn, so early in the morning, their first action was to condemn someone to death, wanted this woman to be stoned to death. But we see that Jesus acted with compassion and basically exposed their sin to the point where they had to walk away because they realized that they were guilty. So Jesus in Matthew 7 verse 5 speaks of 
hypocrites when he said, You hypocrites, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So the picture there is of someone who has this log in their eyes, so big, this log that they cannot see clearly. But they're trying to take a speck of dust which requires like a magnifying glass to take out of someone else's eye. And this is the danger of hypocrisy. People who are hypocrites, they think that they can help others, but the way that they're going about it is that they're doing more harm than good. These men were not compassionate. They were condemning. So this picture that Jesus gave of, of hypocrites with a log in their eyes trying to remove a sawdust, if you cannot see clearly and you're trying to take a speck of dust out of someone's eye, eyes, you will do great harm. And so this is what hypo hypocrisy is like. It leads to condemnation. It, it, it guilts people, makes people feel shame and worthless instead of lifting them up and bringing them closer to God. Notice that Jesus didn't say that they were not to remove the speck of dust. In other words, we should spur each other on to good works and to help to correct each other. Jesus said, first, Take the log out of your eye and then deal with the sawdust that's in your brother's eye. But a lot of times hypocrites are blind and they're closed off to their own shortcomings and yet they're trying to help others. And the fifth danger of hypocrisy is that hypocrites tend to practice sublimation instead of submission. And sublimation is a self-defense mechanism that psychologists talks about. Sublimation it occurs when a person channels their socially unacceptable impulses into socially accepted behavior. So, for example, someone who is struggling with sexual thoughts or immorality may are struggling with porn addiction may suddenly become super religious as a way of trying to cover up for that for that thing that is is troubling them emotionally and so people who practice sublimation they're now turning to what is socially acceptable as a way of covering up for their shortcoming and Jesus speaks about this in Matthew 23:15 when he says woe unto you scribes and pharisees you hypocrites you travel land and sea to win a single convert. And so Jesus is saying that these Pharisees, yes, they're zealous. They're doing a lot of religious work, but they're not doing it from a heart that it's correct. Because the passage goes on to say that when they convert this person, they make the person worse than they are themselves. So those are the five points. So how do you stop being hypocrites? The first is to get to the source of your pain. We see in the example of David that David was dealing with guilt from what he did with Bathsheba, but he was not dealing with it, so he was projecting that out on others and wanted to condemn this other man to death. So get in, in touch with the source of your pain. Maybe you're carrying guilt from the past. Maybe you have failures that you are not dealing with that you're projecting on others. 
the the second thing to stop being a hypocrite stop being a hypocrite is is that we need to examine our way of looking at our wrongs because we hypocrites have to rewrite a moral code that minimizes what they're doing and maximize the actions of others we see this that if david was uh, conscious of his wrongdoing, then he would be more compassionate and merciful to this man because he would say to himself, I am just like that man. Maybe this man needs some kind of help Why he's acting that way. So consider the moral code that you're operating by because a lot of times hypocrites tend to minimize what they're doing and to maximize the, the sin in others. Also, do not act in ways that you are some sort of a super spiritual human being. The truth is that we are all sinners. We all sin daily. We sin in things that we omit to do. And the Bible tells us that our righteousness are all as filter rags. We must recognize that every one of us is in the same boat and not put ourselves above others. So we're quickly out of time for today. So this is Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services. I want to thank you for being with us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show and pray that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Mm-hmm.